This is the Future of Device Management Podcast, brought to you by Fleet. I'm your host, Zach Wasserman, CTO and co-founder of Fleet. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome to the show, and we're here today with Jesse Peterson, Client Platform Engineer at Meta, formerly Facebook. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. This is uh, this this will be fun. So, Jesse, folks uh, may know you from your work on on micro MDM and and nano MDM, some really cool uh, open source Mac OS MDM servers. But maybe you can uh, just fill in everyone on kind of what's your story? How did you get into client platform engineering, and 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 how did you end up where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So, um, not long after, um, high school, actually, uh, I went to work for a small IT consultancy in Seattle called, uh, MacTex. Uh, and so we were, um, essentially Mac IT support for small businesses, um, and, and large businesses, um, of, of kind of all, all sizes really. Um, so that, that ranged from, sort of normal everyday help desk support all the way up to, you know, network engineering, um, both the entirety of support for some smaller companies, as well as kind of embedded specialists for, for, uh, and consultants for, for large organizations. Um, and so that's where the background in, in my, my, um, Mac IT slash CPE, um, stuff came from. And um, that that company, MacTex, um, actually has, uh, they, they still play a role in open source MDM, as, as we might talk about a little later. Oh, awesome. That's that's cool. And you've now been at, at Facebook Meta for some years now. So how did you end up kind of going from this small, maybe call it boutique consulting kind of operation up into, uh, you know, what I imagine must be one of the larger Mac OS deployments on the planet. Yeah. Um, so there's the, the Mac admin community is, is, um, larger every day. Um, but you know, through conferences and, you know, online communication and way back in the day, there was the, um, the, the OS 10 server mailing list, which turned into the um, um, had had connections to the IRC channel, um, and now and now the Slack. Um, so anyway, there's this community of folks that um, we all kind of know each other and, and have long known each other um, through some of our open source con- contributions and just general you know social presence at conferences and things like that. Um, so I had known uh, Mike Dodge, um, who you might know. Um, uh, from uh, and Nate Walk and a few others in the community from uh, Facebook just by just through those social social aspects um, and um, they kind of sent me a, a request to be interviewed um, some five years ago actually I'm coming up on my my five years here real real soon a few months wow um, congrats yeah and so yeah so re- so really it was the Mac admin community I think that that spurred spurred that on uh, that's so cool I and uh, we were just talking before we started the recording about how awesome these these communities are, and I just love to to hear about how uh, the communities has led to 
career development for folks. And I have fond memories of, of Mike Dodge as, as a fresh software engineer at Facebook. I used to see him riding around on his uh, electric skateboard, and, and he uh, hooked me up with a ride on that, which was uh, really exciting <laughs> for me at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike's amazing. Love, love Mike. Yeah, um, and Nate also really, uh, really great folks. So, so cool uh, that the community brought you in there. So, so Jesse, what does what does your day to day look like now? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, sometimes I can't remember. I don't remember what I did yesterday. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess it's. Um, you know, with, with a lot of the open source work, um, and especially with the nano MDM work, and very recently the nano DEP work, um, it's it's kind of split a little bit between the, uh, some of those uh, contributions to open source, and of course the more day to day CPE stuff. Um, and uh, so so it depends. Um, when there's a project heavy thing for the open source stuff, I'll I'll work on. Um, lit, you know, literal coding for for tools like um, MicroMDM and the lot, and then some days it's we're looking at um, the certificate workflow for how we get our um, you know authorization certificates onto clients, or um, you know security controls, or any number of things uh, that that has to do with a normal you know CPE fleet. Um, yeah. Cool. And so, so going back to MDM, which we mentioned before, and, and for those listening who might not be familiar, MDM, uh, Mobile Device Management, is kind of a protocol for managing uh, Mac OS and, and iOS devices. And, and so, Jesse, I learned that you uh, open sourced your first Mac OS MDM back in 2015. So it's been a while now, and I'd love to understand more about kind of what was the motivation and, and what got you excited about doing MDM in an open source way? Yeah, so um, going back to that uh, IT consultancy that I work for, MacTex, um, we, um, at the time, we didn't have too much MDM involvement. Um, but, you know, when you read the Apple tea leaves, um, it's kind of clear that this is the direction that you have to go if you're going to um, if you're going to be managing Apple devices. Um, Apple has this uh, our way or the highway kind of kind of attitude towards a lot of things, not not just the IT management stuff, but um, you know developer relations, APIs, etc. Um, you do it Apple's way, or uh, you you will be left behind. So it was kind of you know seeing that writing on the wall, um, and uh, but being a little bit dissatisfied with the commercial offerings, um, and also just kind of geeky curiosity. I wanted to learn more about um, how MDM works and um, why 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 can't we do things a little bit differently, right? A lot of the, at at the time, a lot of the commercial MDMs didn't even have APIs, right? You just use them through pointy clicky UIs, which is great, um, but for someone like um, uh, Facebook or, or other organizations, um, we like to see our changes in source control um, and, you know, diffs and line changes and the attributions of committers and, right, so you can go look at history and stuff like that. And workflows based around that didn't really exist uh, for a commercial MDM. Um, and so doing things a little bit differently was uh, definitely um, 
part of the motivation there. Uh, just kind of geeky curiosity, how does this thing work? At, at the time, um, the Apple MDM protocol was behind the developer account, uh, the, the enterprise developer account system that Apple has, which is like um, $300 a year premium that you pay to get into the enterprise account. So on top of uh, being curious, it, it kind of had this, um, this uh, um, allure of like this, the secrecy, right? So it was a little bit like, okay, maybe, can, can we open source part of this? A little, little bit of rebellion, right? Um, of this, you know, uh, gatekeepered, so to speak, um, protocol. Um, yeah, so, so lots, of, lots of motivations there on doing MDM differently. And then, of course, naturally um, open sourcing it for the community. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, it, that's, that's cool. I like that, that there is, you know, partly a motivation of curiosity and partly you had a need that was completely unserviced by the existing commercial solutions at that time. So I can really see how being able to build it yourself to the requirements that you had was a huge value add. Yeah, definitely. Being working for a, as you call it, boutique consultancy. Um, a lot of our clients were pretty small, um, and so budgets aren't exactly uh, great. And so to bring on an MDM could have, you know, at the time with the options, there were much uh, cheaper MDM alternatives later in the day. But at the time, you know, um, the cost per device of an MDM solution is is a, pre is a pretty big hit. So the cost savings of open source was also a, a, a consideration as well. Nice. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And so in 2015, you open sourced your first MDM, but that wasn't micro MDM or nano MDM. So how did you end up getting involved with Victor and the micro MDM project? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The first one was called Commandment, and it was, a, it was written in Python. But yeah, so um, that project got donated to... Um, the community, I guess you could say. Uh, there's a fellow in the MacAdmin community, um, kind of a mystery person. Um, his name's Mosin. Uh, and uh, he has sort of a reputation for taking on these really crazy projects um, that take a lot of work, and he'll just churn them out uh, out of nowhere. Um, so at, at, during my transition of... Um, working from commandment to micro MDM, um, kind of handed that project off and he did amazing work and made it Python three compatible and, um, integrated the cryptography into native Python libraries, whereas mine were hacky contributions over open SSL. Um, yeah, so, so that, that was nice that that got to see a little development even after I had stopped working on it. But to answer your question, um, what, what brought me to, uh, MicroMDM was was a couple of things. One is, um, I think it it had a little bit more support going behind it. Uh, whereas I was just contributing code, I think Victor was doing the 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 bigger job of sort of evangelizing and writing documentation and um, so sort of the 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 stuff that isn't code that really makes an open source project successful. Um, and so through that, um, Victor. Uh, sort of turned me on to the Go language, um, which is uh, which I like a lot these days. And um, of course, MicroMDM is written in Go. Um, and so the combination of getting to learn a new language and contributing to an open source MDM kind of, um, I, I switched sides, I guess. <laughs> 
Nice. And then and then the evolution continues from micro MDM to nano MDM. So y- you wrote a great blog post, and we'll try to link that in the show notes about why nano MDM. But maybe you could give a little bit of uh, an understanding to folks of you know why nano MDM. Yeah. So. Uh as, as I wrote about, um, MicroMDM has served us uh, very well through even our very large fleet. Um, but it did start to have uh, some scalability issues um, related to the storage backend. So one of the goals of the open source MicroMDM project um, was to be kind of um, a good profile manager replacement. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with profile manager, but this is uh, the the MDM solution that is sort of the, the reference implementation of MDM, if you could call it that, that Apple uh, bundled with the server application. So you'd have a Mac and you'd go to the app store and install the server.app and it would come with this thing called profile manager. And it was um, kind of a, a heap of... I, I guess you could call it. Um, it was this weird combination of PHP and Ruby and um, and native code compiled in. Um, it was it was just and it didn't scale at all and had very interesting issues. Um, anyway, they they did they've discontinued it. Um, and so, but what was nice about it is it had a, a nice UI uh, and it was kind of the free option, right? So if you want to do MDM for free, you do Profile Manager. And so one of the visions for Micro MDM. Um, were, was to um, kind of be the, the better alternative of Profile Manager, right? So bring uh, free, open source, uh, and easy to use uh, MDM to everyone, right? Schools, um, uh, folks, folks uh, a lot of times in schools and um, smaller organizations, someone who's not IT ends up doing IT. Um, and so bringing, bringing an MDM solution to those types of folks um, was, was always kind of one of the goals of MicroMDM. I don't think we quite made it there, uh, partly because there, there wasn't enough, um, uh, there hasn't been enough development on, on the UX and UI. But, but to go back to your original question, um, part of the reasoning behind that um, was we integrated a database solution into MicroMDM called BoltDB. And so this is completely contained within Go, the single binary. You just download the binary. You don't have to worry about setting up an SQL server. You don't have to worry about any of those dependencies. You start the server. It works. It runs, um, which has been great um, and scaled for us great up until it didn't. So um, we needed to scale uh, MicroMDM, uh, and our options were, well, we could... Um, you know, build build in uh, like a SQL backend to MicroMDM, and uh, in fact, someone had already done that. There's there's a large PR for MicroMDM that's um, seven thousand plus lines of code <laughs> in a single PR, um, which none of us had time to code review, unfortunately. Um, so, and that's that's really unfortunate that a contribution like that was. Um, was was done, but we just didn't have the time to merge it in and make sure it you know worked and and importantly with open source the non code things be able to support that. Um, I think people are using that fork of MicroMDM that talks to SQL servers, um, but uh, yeah, so so we couldn't we couldn't do that. Um, we we didn't integrate that backend, and so I made the decision to um, kind of start playing around with. Uh, 
the MDM low-level protocol stuff and um, kind of thought, well, let's decompose. Let's decompose this. And how simple could this be? Um, MicroMDM has some very interesting abstractions and a message bus queue and, and some, fun, some fun things that um, would have been really cool in like a microservice environment. Um, but in order to solve the scalability, um, I decided to break down the MDM protocol and go even simpler. Um, and so out of playing with the MDM protocol, some tools and stuff, uh, put together enough of a functional um, set of uh, set of tools and code that um, nano MDM kind of popped out the other side of that. So that's that's the long story. Yeah, and and the MDM protocol. I mean, I've been learning about it my myself recently. From what I can tell, you know, besides for some fairly complex dances during the enrollment time, the MDM protocol ultimately just has a set of commands that you can push down to the devices that are managed and they'll execute those commands and return the results. So I guess it sounds like with nano MDM, you were thinking, you know, how can we strip this down to sort of the bare minimum that needed to be done for that? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I'll, I'll preface what you said with um, the way MDM protocol V1 works is yes, um, the device pops. So there's a command queue for each device and you enqueue a command onto the onto the command stack. And then when the device checks in, it pops off the next command off the off the command stack there. So you're right. So Essentially, guess... that's it's very simple. And uh, yeah, N nano MDM does the the bare minimum to support that support that. So then it sounds like maybe you're hinting at declarative management, which is the the future, we believe. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is maybe you can give us a quick summary of what is declarative management and how is that different? Sure. Yeah. So um, the MDM V1 protocol has been around for, gosh, 10, 10 years or something like that. Um, long time. And uh, a few years ago, we heard rumblings that Apple was kind of thinking of changing the paradigm of what the MDM, the low-level MDM protocol looks like. Um, and then last year at WWDC, so this would be 2021, uh, Apple announced their, their declarative management, which was on iOS only. So this is a change in uh, the fundamental protocol level. And if you think about it, it's, it's basically changing from the... MDM v1 protocol is very imperative, right? You send commands to devices that do stuff. Um, and your MDM does that sort of in, in the moment, right? Um, and then declarative management is just that. It, it changes the paradigm to be declarative. And um, what we learned about this WWDC, which is actually kind of exciting, is um, much more state controlled on the, on the client device. So you set up these declarations that uh, do things, and then you can set up conditionals um, in the same set of declarations that allow the client to make more decisions about what, what and how it should be managed uh, is, is the short of it. But Apple has a great um, couple of talks that they have at WWDC. Um, they're, they're great to just kind of get an idea and wrap your head around what the, what the declarative is. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for filling us in on that. And Jesse, I've noticed that you know, micro MDM and now nano MDM are, are kind of an ecosystem uh, in that there's the GitHub organization, the micro MDM GitHub organization, and there's a number of repos living under those that provide the various different components 
that are necessary for doing this these MDM activities on Mac OS. So I'm curious, you know, what kind of goals do you have for this ecosystem of nano MDM and micro MDM and where do you see it heading over the next couple of years? Yeah, so that ecosystem and the GitHub organization, credit for all that definitely goes to um, Victor, um, also known as Groob, uh, in, in various social medias. Um, but the but d definitely a plan to, to keep that up. Um, one of the more popular sub-packages of that organization um, is the SCEP project for, for, um, for certificates. And in fact, MicroMDM integrates that, that project to provide uh, device identity certificates for MDM. But also, it's, a, it's its own independent SCEP server um, and was recently picked up by um, uh, a, a Debian package manager, which was, which was kind of fun. Um, so, so other folks are finding components of our work um, useful and interesting outside the context of MDM, which, which is really cool, which is really kind of the goal with this open source stuff, right? Um, sure, it's useful to you, but if other people can pick up and um, have it be useful and especially, you know, contribute back, um, that just, that's just great for everyone. Um, but as far as the organization goes and, and where to go, kind of, I, I, in that blog post you mentioned, um, you know, the, the in, in consideration with nano MDM, um, micro MDM V2 is, is in my mind. And while I don't have, I, I can't speak to exactly where it's going because I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't worked it all out in, in my head or talked to enough people to, to develop that plan. Um, the idea was that nano MDM would, would plug into that, right? So nano MDM is, is a very core, it just handles the core Apple MDM protocol. Um, Someday, when MicroMDM v2 starts getting built out, um, would like to use NanoMDM as the protocol handler for MicroMDM v2, just for the core Apple MDM protocol. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a fun wordplay, but MicroMDM is contains more things than NanoMDM, so NanoMDM would just be a component of MicroMDM. Um, yeah, uh, so so I guess. Um, some of the longer-term goals are to um, come back to those those ideas of providing a free and open-source MDM solution to people who may not be quite as technical, and I think that's where MicroMDM v2 might head someday when we all have time to you know write write code for this stuff. Um, so that's definitely on the uh, on the horizon, uh, well at least in the plans. Um, I'd, I'd really like to do that. And and. So working on nano MDM, it sounds like is part of your day job these days. Is that micro MDM v2 sort of a passion project? The idea of bringing MDM capabilities to folks who are, you know, lower budget and less technical. I, I think so. Yeah, uh, we're we're doing useful things with nano MDM, and um, as you know, Facebook has a lot of its own infrastructure already that that um, we can leverage uh, so we don't have to do as much of the work that say another organization would have to do by picking up nano mdm right so because because nano mdm is such a low layer technology out of necessity you have to layer things on top of it to make it do useful things like actually manage a device actually sending profiles you have to have integrations for that stuff um, it's happy to support the protocol layer to enroll the device, but beyond that, you know, if you want to make the device do things, you, you, you have to write those imp uh, uh, integrations. And so at um, Meta, at Facebook, um, we have 
a whole big stack and a whole bunch of helping technologies and stuff, which unfortunately we can't really open source, both for the case of, you know, there's proprietary stuff in there, but also our stack is so unique to ourselves, it wouldn't really be useful to, to other folks to, 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 to release this stuff, right? It would just be little tiny chunks that, that rely on other bigger pieces of the Facebook infrastructure. So yes, I think you're right. Um, it is a passion project to bring um, to, to 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 bring some of those um, lofty goals to to smaller organizations that maybe can't um, can't go forward with uh, with um, more traditional commercial MDM vendors. Well, it sounds like those folks will be really grateful, and, and you know, certainly a lot of folks already are really grateful for the work that you and, and Victor have done to bring these tools out into into the public yeah um we um victor wrote about this a few years ago um one of the best things about um micro mdm really is the community and the open source stuff um i don't think i would derive as much happiness doing it if, if it wasn't open source um uh, it gives me a lot of you know personal fulfillment and, and to to contribute to this, especially back to the communities that um, have helped me so much, right? Um, like like we um, started with um, that that community um, has definitely given me um, opportunities, like we're even working at at Meta, um, and so I hope to contribute back to to that same community that gave me so much. Totally, and that's something that I really relate with as well, and and you know something that we'd also talked about. Uh, separate from this conversation was the idea that you know having community and doing open source allows projects to kind of outlive their usefulness within the organization where they originate but you know during that time maybe even if things have have kind of slowed down there they get to expand into so many other organizations and really see a continual level of, of growth in, in value. And I think for for some of us engineers, there's like a, just a real joy in seeing that value continuing to increase. And, you know, whether it's helping, you know, people get their jobs done more effectively or whatever it is that, that it, that's bringing. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, um, the open source, yeah, the, you're you're exactly right. the The idea that um, you know, once once you get it into the open source world, um, and I guess we talked about this a little bit, um, ha having it continue on and get contributions from others and um, be be useful, even in contexts where you where you couldn't even imagine. It's like, oh oh wow, someone's using it for that. That's really interesting. Um, is is pretty rewarding, um, and uh, and uh, definitely a net positive for you know the world so awesome totally and so we've we've spent a lot of time today focusing on mdm but you know i wonder for you as a as a pretty experienced client platform engineer and experienced mac it person you know what are the other things that you would recommend for you know cpe teams and, and it admins to be focusing on yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I can give the, you know, the 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 trite answers, <laughs> um, like security. So security is an obvious one. Um, perhaps it's you know this this day and age with um, 
ransomware and, and all that. Um, it's, 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 really, it's really crucial. Uh, we were just talking about um, ransomware at the, at the um, office hours, MicroMDM, just before this, this, uh, this, this call. The, um, I, I, I don't know if I can speak too clearly to security. Um, there, there's, a few, there's a few places that I would focus on um, as, as far as that goes. Um, I think there's a recent effort to to verify the, the the chains of trust in kind of all things. So, where exactly does your software come from? Um, who's providing that? Are are these things signed? Um, the the chain of trust um, I think is is important. And that for for our organization that goes into things like certificate issuance, um, uh, which which kind of um, makes me glad that Apple's taking steps to um, expose some of their device attestation stuff. So getting confidence that your devices are the devices that they're supposed to be um, so that you can trust that they're in the hands of the people that they're supposed to be. Um, th th those are focuses that, are, that we're both working on, um, but also I think are pretty interesting and places where I'd like to see um, more development. So security is one, and, but, but there's a there's kind of something that's um, important to me as well, which is, um, which I don't, I don't know gets enough focus, which is user experience. And naturally, being in the Apple world, um, this is a prime, this is a prime thing for, uh, for, for Apple products, right? They they care a lot about that. Um, but but I think it's it's good to have our our tooling and our tools get out of the way of the user, right? The the whole reason why we're here is to make sure that people can do their jobs effectively and securely and stuff like that. So. Um, I think getting out of the way of the user um, and having good user experiences um, while managing, you know, all of the various things that we have to manage from, you know, security or compliance standpoint or or, or what have you. Um, that's that's just something that's kind of close close to my heart to make sure that um, the the user experience of users are are as unimpeded as as they can be. Totally. I mean, those those both sound like really excellent things to focus on and great attitudes to uh, bring to your organization and the users that that you serve. Yep. Unfortunately, they're at, they're at either side, right? So on the one hand, you've got security, and then on the very other hand, you've got user experience. And sometimes it's like a slider bar. The further you go in one direction, you take away from the other. So. Yeah, and I but, think that walking, you know, finding that balance. And finding ways that we can bring those things actually closer together is going to be one of the most important challenges of both IT and security teams in the 21st century. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Things like WebAuthn and getting rid of passwords like are all steps in that in that direction. That's that's all. It's all great stuff. So it, it can be done. There's there's hope that we can yeah. sort of coalesce <laughs> these things. Right. Awesome. Well, Jesse, it's been so fun to speak with you today. And, uh, you know, love all of the mentions of, of community and connecting with folks. So in the spirit of that, uh, you know, where can folks find you? Are you going to be at any conferences coming up? You like to connect on socials or um, what's the best way for folks to get in touch? Sure. The, uh, so I'm pretty reliably available at the Mac Admins Slack um, which is just um, macadmins.org. Um, you can come join. Um, I'm Jesse Peterson on there. Um, I'm also on Twitter and and LinkedIn and a few other places if if, if you'd like. Um, but if you want to chat, 
um, that's that's probably where to go these days. Um, once once uh, things get back to normal again, um, I definitely anticipate going to to more conferences. Um, was definitely a huge fan of conferences. Um, the the hallway track is really important. Um, I, I think um, so. I, I I used to do those a lot before before the the pandemic. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. And thanks, folks, for listening. Uh, this has been a really exciting conversation for me. And thank you again for all of the work that you have done to, to serve the community of uh, Mac admins who want and need MDM solutions to uh, help keep their users working and keep their users safe. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I, I really appreciate it. It's it's been it's been great. Um, and uh, like I said before, um, contributing to to these um, open source projects is is uh, uh, pretty fulfilling. So I'm I'm more than more than happy. All right, and that's all for now, folks. 